You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. Hello, everybody. This is the Podcast Without Fear episode three, I believe it is. Isn't it? It's three. Mm. I think it's three. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Joining me is the person who started this one, this podcast with me, uh, Mr. Neil Bolt, our own superhero name. Bolt. Yes. How are you today? It was, it was... I am fantastic, apart from having the remnants of a cold and... This is a whistle in my throat. So if occasionally I talk and it sounds like I'm a tea kettle, that's not my fault. Neo, explain this to me because you have a superhero name and superheroes never get sick. So how are you sick? <laughs> um, I've obviously got some material or mineral that's been secreted somewhere in my house. So I'm <laughs> a weakness too. I think it's uh, called alcohol. Is that what you call your children? Come on, that's right. <laughs> or children, yeah. Alcohol <laughs> night. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, joining me, <laughs> joining us is also um, our other happy camper here, Mr. Ben Chili Willy. How are you, Chili Willy? <laughs> I'm not too bad, thank you. A bit chilly. And A bit chilly. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Oh, chilly. No way. How has the uh, comic world treated you? Since the last podcast, uh, uh, okay, I guess. Dead, yeah. Deadpool not not catching your eye anymore. I love my Deadpool still, but as I said, since my last since my comic book store shut down, I kind of got put off because I I like actually owning physical copies. Well, the internet yeah. sells them too. True, but Amazon hates me so. Amazon <laughs> <laughs> You're on the shit list for Amazon. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Amazon, I remember when I ordered a wire last year at the same time as a mate from the same provider. His arrived next day. Mine arrived six months later. <laughs> Amazon hates me. They really do. Wow. Also joining Ben's us. Ben's arch nemesis. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Amazon attacks. Oh man, that's good. Also joining <laughs> us is our comic book noob, Evan. The debutante. Boo, I'm not a noob. Yes, I you am, are. I, I am to comic <laughs> books. Get, get. I am to comic books. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's watching a lot of the comic book movies. You've watched a lot of the comic book movies, haven't you? Well, not intentionally because they're comic book movies, but yeah, I've seen quite a few of them. Which ones have you seen? What was the first one you saw? Oh, the first one. I have no idea. Okay, Probably some Batman movie. Have you seen anything that came out before um, Iron Man started the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You, you would have seen an early Batman, that sort of thing, or Superman. I haven't I seen like the original the Superman stuff, the, the, the very old ones. I haven't seen those. I think... <clears throat> I don't know if there are any real 80s movies about superheroes or Batman or stuff, but the earliest one that I can remember is Batman from the 90s. From the 90s. Uh, forever or Batman and Robin, perhaps. Just the first one that was just called Batman. 
With oh, Jack Batman. Nicholson. Michael oh wait, that's Batman. no, that's yeah. that actually is from the eighties with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah, ninety nine is. Uh, yeah, that is ninety nine. That's I think that's the earliest superhero movie that I've seen that I remember at least. <laughs> well, that's really yeah. where it started to take off anyway. So I really do hope a new Superman movie comes out where he brings back more vision. More vision. <laughs> remember. What about I would. Pre- if he brought one back where he reverses time by spinning the world backwards again, it's that's a great trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Cool as that is, I still think War Vision beats it. Superman knocks a house down and then he repairs it with his War Vision. I want to see the, the Superman film where he gets hair implants to get his uh, <laughs> receding hairline sorted. What about the Superman movie where we find out how he, he gets rid of the pit stains from his Kryptonian sweat? <laughs> Crypt sweat. <laughs> Indestructible sweat. That's fantastic. <laughs> Killed by the sweat of Superman. <laughs> Demon sweat? I've never seen him sweat. I don't know. That is probably because Henry Cavill looks quite oily. That's why he looks like he sweats. (laughs) Well, speaking of Henry, um, let's get to our first topic. Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice came out. Finally. After a very long time of waiting. Announced a long time ago. It was announced like three, four years ago, wasn't it? Well, it's a long time. Yeah, I mean... We're still getting the first proper details, I think, when we started doing this last year. So, yeah, like yeah, little hints and teasers here and there, a lot of rumors going around, but it's finally here. Um, I'm a, You guys haven't watched it. None of I've you, seen the spoiler reviews, I said. Okay, so Ben yeah, knows all the spoilers, like I, always. <laughs> I know most of the beats and the, the inherent problems that could be in it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I saw it last yeah, night. I saw it last night. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I I believe the movie was made for comic book fans, just like Zack Snyder said, or fans in general of the characters, and not for the critics. I know it's taken ass-kicking at the critics. Um, has a very low score on Rotten Tomatoes, if you go off of that. Um, but so do a lot of great movies that we enjoy, uh, like Freddy vs. Jason, you know? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Has a very Don't bad score classic. on Metacritic, it's but it's a fun movie. Yeah. So, yeah, it came out. Uh, it's already broken a lot of records. So, um, let's see. The last, it's made $137 million worldwide in just two days. Um, it's on track to set a lot of records already. It's already broken uh, the Thursday record of, I think, Avengers and Fast and Furious 7. Which hold those, which held those records. So over the weekend, I'm sure it's going to make the, the 360 million that it's scheduled to make. So yeah, yeah, um, I think it so, could easily do. So like the first question I want to ask you guys is: Do critic reviews really matter when it comes to movies these days? Um, like, if you like, I know a lot of media has like you'll read a review of a game, but you'll still buy it no matter what. Um, same thing with movies. Um, feel like critics really hurt uh, people's opinions, or not? I guess their opinions, but them going and seeing the movie. 
I'll ask it depends you. on your view on critic, in my opinion. A lot of people which are critics, I'm doing air quotes right now in real life, are just normal people that just watched a movie and thought that they didn't like it because someone else didn't like it. Yeah. What about yeah, you, it's Neil? just like if it's an experienced critic that's been around for years and has had previous experience in such a thing, then yeah, I'll I'll put weight to that. But if it's some random guy yeah, on I mean, Tomatoes that I've never heard of before, I've never reason why I should pay attention to him, then no, I won't. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it maybe, think, but it won't matter what he says. He could say it's the best movie of all time, and that Hayes is the greatest game of all time. I'll be like. Who are you to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone could ever make a compelling argument for that, then they'd be deemed a saviour for us all. Because it would have to be one hell of an argument. Um, yeah, but actually mentioning video games, is criticism is quite relevant there because both industries have these big juggernaut franchises that doesn't matter what how good they are or what people think about them, they sell hot, like hotcakes. But the difference is, yeah, differences. Critics tend to be nicer to those games in the video game industry, whereas in the movie industry, anything that's not art house cinema and or just like amazing, the complex and fresh and new and inventive just gets savaged in a lot of cases. So it's like that's where the problem lies. It's like it's a much older industry. There's a lot more to fall back on and go, well, this is your standard bearer. This is what's great. You know, we said this before, games obviously have that wonderful thing of they evolve over time. So, yes, a game from years ago could be very good, but there's still going to be something in an inherently new game that does the same thing that's going to be better because it's going to look and play better in other ways. Whereas movies, you know, they can be timeless. Um, you'll get things... That will stand the test of time from that came out in the 1930s now in one way or another and i think comic book movies there is a lot at the minute as we know and you've got your standard bearers i think the most harmful thing that's happened with dawn of justice and i think we said it last time out <clears throat> pardon me uh, is that it has that feeling of trying to catch up with what Marvel have done, the whole building a franchise through multiple films, and just getting it all done in one job lot, shoving it out there and saying, "Here, this is this character, that character, that character." There's a hint of that character. There's another character you might see. That's that could be later. It's when seen next to that, and the fact that obviously Marvel tie their TV stuff into the movie stuff as well, and that's like, and it built a nice big thing. Interesting articles not long ago about that is that you know, as much as there's this wonderful shared universe thing between all the Marvel properties, it's it's hard for a lot of the films to have their own personality beyond you know what they are. It's like they're not standout things on their own, you know, which is probably where DC could probably do better in some ways. I think is that they can make a standout movie without having to bother about linking ten movies back. But it, so, critically, this, it's, you're going to get it, or any big film. Fast and the Furious gets shit canned by most critics. 
nearly all the critics and it still makes ridiculous amounts of money and it amounts to men with cars that's it because there is a huge audience out there that like big men and cars that's it i mean transformers just shows that as well so yeah you're right in the sense of that critics don't matter with big blockbuster films because they'll do well if you sell it right you know it's like it's easier to do that now than it was, say, back in the late 90s, where if a blockbuster was inherently bad, you would probably get caned for it. You only have to the look at is, though, Godzilla. The thing is, though, back in the 80s, all we had was the critic reviews, you know, newspapers and magazines. Yeah. You didn't it. have as much word of mouth. Nowadays, we have the internet to say what we feel like in message boards, Twitter, Facebooks, Instagrams. So yeah. even though the critics... So you can create have- your own echo chamber of... Yeah, what you want to hear. So if you want to hear that everything's good about a movie, you'll, that's what that's what you'll hear. It's well, like, and similarly, if you awesome. want to hear it, bad. Awesome. Yeah, everything is cool when it's part of a team. Which, funny enough, I watched that today. Brilliant. And, <laughs> but yeah, it's very true. It's It has changed the landscape. I mean, the amount of films that break you know, box office records these days, you look at the film, Deadpool is relevant here. You know, doing what it did, just for being an R-rated movie. People make it sound like it's a big breakthrough thing, but yeah, Blade kind of set that precedent if you're going to go anywhere because it did it when there was no hype. It made decent money. It got critically well-received. And it was a, a hard R-rated movie. And, and it had two sequels. Yeah, and it was successful. Of it. And Wesley Snipes <laughs> did well enough to get in jail for tax evasion. So... <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been rolling in the money. Um, yes, so it's it's strange like that. I mean, you only have to see some of the films that are, are terrible and make the top, uh, you know, top money. Alice in Wonderland remake, a terrible, terrible thing. What not remake? You know what I mean? Tim Burton's uh, no, do not ongoing say it was so bad. feud against the movie industries. <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. The ongoing feud. With, Tim Burton and having to explain the origins of everything. It's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I wonder, can we find out what Willy Wonka was really like as a child? No, we don't want to know, Tim. We don't want to know. It's like, oh, about, about Planet of the Apes. Should we find out if the apes are like cool this time with humanity? No, no we don't need to know again. They told us that in the last film. It's like, <laughs> but do we really, really know how they started, Neil? But realties. Yeah, we know now in the fantastic Planet of the Apes reboot. But will we know what happened before to cause it to happen? The origin of the origin. The origin of the origin of the origin. Yes. Yeah, that Alice in Wonderland thing is just one of the worst things for that. But yeah, off tangent there. But yes, just shows complete shite can get sell just because it's the right demographic will go and watch it. Like that. I'm not calling Dawn of Justice absolute shite. You can see where it, something that polarizes normal critics can go out and make big bucks because it happens all the time. So, yeah. I, I invaded all that time doing that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ke- Kevin, you're a huge movie buff. I know this. Um said it plenty of times. Does, do, do, do reviews really affect your opinion of a movie? Like, would you still go watch a movie? If you heard that it was absolutely terrible from critic reviews, reviews for me, they don't really affect my choice in what movie I will or won't watch. 
they can be interesting to read to see what other people think, but I I don't really read them before watching a movie that I haven't seen. Because else you tend to, you know, start noticing those things as well. And then you tend to aim for the same opinion. And I wouldn't like doing that. I prefer to have my own view of the movie and then read what other people think to see what the difference is. It's the difference is in between the opinions that you can read online. I think you nailed it right there. I think it shapes the perception of people going to see a movie and they're after they read the review for example they would expect that movie to be exactly what the review said and they're going to watch out for those things and my opinion is going to ruin the experience for them um and there's a lot of movies like it, it always seems to affect the negative reviews the most like batman vs superman and transformers ninja turtles for example Terrible Rotten Tomato review score. A lot of people hated it, but it still made a crap ton of money, and we're getting a sequel now, which looks infinitely better than the original, in my opinion. Um, but nobody really talks about the movies that get high scores. Like, uh, not talking about comic book movies, but you take the movie like The Witch, which came out recently in select theaters. It's got a 90% on critic review on Rotten Tomatoes, if that's the site we're talking about. Um, but nobody went and saw that movie, it's not a huge success, but it's a critical success. And you look at a lot, a lot of movies, like movies nominated for Academy Awards, a lot of movie, a lot of those movies we never even hear of. You know, like, there's a lot of movies always nominated for Academy Awards that I've never even heard of. You know, and they're always nominated because they're, critic, they're, they're critical successes, but not commercial successes. But yeah, so when it comes to Batman vs Superman, what I'll say is watch it yourself and form your own opinion on the movie. Because if if you know the characters, if you've read a lot of the comics, um, the ones in particular that I recommend you read before you watch the movie is The Dark Knight Returns, um, actually Injustice Gods Among Us, uh, at least the first volume of that. And one more I want to say, but it'll spoil it, so I'm not going to mention it, but yeah, read those two and you'll know exactly why some of the characters do the things they do and act the way they do, because they're huge influences on this movie and going forward what I'm assuming is going to be the, the DC Cinematic Universe. The only thing that I don't like so far about what I've seen about the movie is Batman looks fat. And that's one of the things that I, I have noticed when seeing the trailers that I didn't want to watch, actually. But, you know, when you go to the movies, they always throw millions of trailers before the actual movie. But yeah, when I noticed Batman in the trailer, I was like, he looks fat. And that's, yeah, that's kind Spoilers, of... Spoilers, I'm playing Batman. <laughs> you said that yourself, Ben. <laughs> oh, you know, Ben, Ben, yeah. No, I'm just curious because I'm not saying it's bad, but it's, it's you know, you got to get used to that change from the old Batman guys like Michael Keaton and, you know, and, um, God, what's his name from The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Returns? Christopher Nolan. Oh, not yeah. Christopher Nolan. Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christian Bale, indeed. When we see those guys, when they're Batman, they're all muscly, big six-pack and everything. And and then suddenly we have this one where the suit looks 
partly more metallic. At least the helmet does. And Batman looks a bit more fat. And that kind of interests me because I wonder, do they show anything about the differences in, in this Batman's suit as well? Because I would say the Batman that we saw was always you know special technology and then this one looks more like it's 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 actually just more armor which makes it look fat yeah so what it is is he has two suits in the movie the first one is the the regular uh kevlar one that he always wears um the one that you're talking about the armored one is the one he makes himself so he can fight superman and take superman's hits that's what that one is for um in the movie, what what's when you say he looks fat, he does look really weird in the suit because Ben Affleck actually beefed up for the movie, like really beefed up, and then like he's he already looks super buff when he's wearing a suit as Bruce Wayne, but then when he has the Batman suit on, it's like they also made the Batman suit look like very muscular, so it's like double the muscle, so he looks like a giant meathead a lot of the time, and it's like wow. He looks really huge, and he just looks really uncomfortable in a suit because of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, one of the only really things I really am going to say about the trailers, because the trailers for me, like most movies, just show way too much. And I feel, I've seen two different trailers, I think, or three, but I feel like I already saw 70% of the movie just because I saw the trailers, which really disappoints me a lot. I, I will agree with you. The, uh, one of the negatives I would say about the movie right now is the trailers did spoil a lot of the big surprises in the movie. Um, obviously, the biggest one would be uh, uh, Doomsday uh, when they revealed him. I thought it really lessened the impact that Doomsday made in the movie. Um, but for, for the doubters of Doomsday in that movie, um, I will give credit where it's due. And I think Zack Snyder, while not the origin of Doomsday that you would want, he uh, really did a good job at portraying Doomsday like he is in the comics. Um, with his ability to become immune to anything that kills him, um, how he the, the bones start to spurt out of his body, which you see in the movie. Um, he, I think he did a really good job with Doomsday, and he, played, and he did a really good job at being faithful to the, co- to the character in the comics, my opinion, outside of the origin story. Um, other than that, uh, do you guys have questions about? I know Neil wanted to ask me some questions about Batman Superman. Got any questions, Neil? Any questions? Yeah, and I don't know if it's really going to be spoilery not to say it, but uh, Batman's one rule, what I hear, it, uh, <laughs> doesn't get adhered to. It doesn't get adhered to in this film. I'm not going to. Obviously, you can't really say much either way, but. That concerns me more than anything, I think. Because does that really represent a good version of Batman? Do you? The, the, what they have on screen in that film? I, I think it portrays very well for that Batman. And the reason is, is again, I say The Dark Knight Returns played a huge influence on the movie. So if you've read that comic, you know what Batman is willing to do in that comic. Um, yeah. What what's good about this one is you don't know what happened in Bruce Wayne's past in this movie because you know you can see that he's super troubled, mentally kind of not there anymore, um, and I think that 
a lot of that really shows what's going to happen, in my opinion, Suicide Squad and the flashback moments and why he's become the way he is. Because we saw in the trailer the Robin suit um, with, with the Joker's writing on it. and But we don't yeah. know what happened. Like The movie doesn't really tell you what happened to him, make him this way. Um, and I think that's something that they're going to explore in another movie or later down the road. Or if the... Um, the standalone Ben Affleck Batman movie is going to happen or not? Um, but like you, you see, I think it will. Think it, will. Like, it probably will. Yeah, like there's there's a lot of stuff in in this movie where they kind of don't explain things. Uh, most of the things, like I said, is for the fans, so fans will understand why some of these things aren't explained. But for a lot of people, they'll be like, "Well, what the hell does that mean?" You know. For for a lot of the casual fans, they'll have a lot of questions. Which is understandable. It's a, it's a negative thing for the casual fans, in my opinion, um, and it probably should have been addressed. But for the for people who know the characters and how they know certain things, it would make sense. Just reminds me of when I was watching Dragon Ball last year. The cinema and the person next to me kept asking what was going on. Yeah, like there, there's one particular moment. Like we've seen it in the trailer where. Um, there's the desert scene where Batman's dressed completely different and he's fighting a whole bunch of guys and the flying things come in and swoop up people. You guys remember that in the trailers, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, scene... Understandable. That scene is way more important than I thought it was going to be in the movie. Um, one of the coolest moments in the movie in my, and one of the biggest surprises happens during that time. And I remember watching it and the person's sitting next to me, they had no idea what that what it meant and what they were seeing. And like it was the moment that gave me goosebumps because what happens, I automatically know what's going on. And I'm just like, wow, that's awesome that they're going in this direction. And it actually makes me even more excited for the future movies if they continue this way. But yeah, um yeah uh I thought uh, Gal, Gal Gadot did a, actually a pretty good job. Um, not so much yeah, as Diana... heard a lot of good about her. Yeah, I don't think she was fantastic as Diana Prince, but as Wonder Woman, I think she nailed it perfectly. Um, there's some stuff uh, around her story that I could have done without. Um, like her motivations for doing some of the th stuff that she's doing. Um, I think they could have just not even bothered with that and just have her appear as Wonder Woman would have been just enough. Um, so that was, I thought, uh, as her as Wonder Woman was great. As Diana Prince, I still have a little hesitation there with her. Yeah, uh, the the, the fight scene it, with her was get the chance, won't she? Yeah, she'll get the chance in the one yeah, movie for sure. And I think I think honestly she'll she'll nail it. Quite honestly, from what I've seen her in this movie, I think she'll do a good job in this movie. How did Jesse Eisenberg play as Lex Luthor? Was it good? Because every I, time I see him, I keep thinking Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jesse Eisenberg. Personally, um. I really liked his portrayal of Lex Luthor because, again, I know the different versions of Lex Luthor that exist. There's like three or four different versions of that character. There is the the, the very sophisticated um, 
billionaire who's plotting all the time to stop Superman. There's the the African American one that was in the animated series, which is my personal favorite one. Um, there, there's the psychotic one that we saw in or that we've read about in All Star Superman. If you've ever read that, um, his portrayal of Lex Luthor, in my opinion, is kind of a mix between the the psychotic one and the very sophisticated, very what about intelligent the one. one. I'm not even going to mention the small one. Hey, I love Smallville. It's amazing. <laughs> um, it, the way, like, when you, like, the movie's story is very disjointed. I would admit that. Like, there's some stuff that it just jumps around too much and you never really know what's going on. It's like they're telling three different stories at the same time, but they keep jumping from one story to another. But then when it all comes together, um, it, it it really shows you how, um, I guess how impactful uh, and how well uh, some of the characters perform their roles, especially Je- Jesse Eisenberg. Like the Blu-ray cut's probably going to help with that, being the fact that it's going to be over three hours long. Yeah, which adds another thirty minutes to the movie, and like you can tell, there's some scenes where they're talking about stuff that may have happened during the movie, but you never saw it. And you're just like, okay, I don't get it. Um, so it's probably stuff that they had to cut out of the movie. But yeah, I, I personally believe Jesse Eisenberg's um, Lex Luthor was pretty good. If you remember the Lex Luthor of old, because the old Lex Luthor was very angry, very hostile, and very tactful about what he was doing. And it shows here, he's super intelligent in this movie. and. The way he plots things, the way he he put he pits certain things against each other is very well done. I thought I thought he was quite honestly. I thought his performance was the best one out of all of them. All right, I'm curious to see if he can take away the Facebook thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say this one thing about the whole movie that I think is really interesting, and most people overlook it fairly easy, and that's the title. The title says Batman v Superman, not yes. Batman versus Superman. Even though the trailers portray it more like it's Batman versus Superman and suddenly we're a team because Wonder Woman pops up, I still feel people think it's just a battle between them for the whole movie and that I, ha- I haven't seen it myself, so I don't know if it's true or not, but I think most people just want to see Batman fight Superman and see who wins. Whereas I think the title was chosen specifically so people wouldn't think it's an actual battle between them to see who would win, you know, fight to the death, I guess. So I'm, I'm curious. I think that's kind of a nice touch to the title, but I think it's something that a lot of people just don't even realize. Yeah, the title, I, I, I'm one of those who's against the title that they used. Um... Personally, I think they should have just called it Batman, Superman, Dawn of Justice, not Batman v Superman. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> no, I kind of get you because, let's be honest, the trailers don't, le- don't really show us... You know, the trailers kind of show us that it's not going to be a complete battle between the two and that they're going to join, you know, forces eventually. At least that's what I've seen from the trailers. 
and you know that's so i kind of understand why you think that but i guess it's just they need to have the v in there to have a little hype going so that's 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 another thing that i think is a bit sad about this movie i feel like it's overhyped it is i will 100% agree with you it was overhyped and it shouldn't have been overhyped personally i think because it's batman and superman the two most iconic comic book characters in one movie i think really could have done it by itself uh i don't think so, yeah like there's just so much hype behind it that i think it kind of put this high expectations for it where i think a lot of people will be disappointed that it doesn't deliver on the super high expectations that they have for it yeah exactly yeah. that's why it I doesn't think... help having wonder woman either because she's pretty well known as well but she does play a very pivotal role in in the in the final battle. I mean, without her, um, I'm just saying with the hype machine. Yeah. Well, it, a funny thing is she was actually they did a survey. I don't remember who did it, but she was the number one draw for that movie, which surprised the hell out of me. Like she was the reason that a lot of people wanted to see that movie. Well, we've already had a Batman movie, we've had a Superman movie, and we haven't had a Wonder Woman movie for so long. It, it kind of makes sense, I guess. That's it. Considering how long she's been around, it is monumental, but she's finally getting a movie. A big deal. Yeah, it's pretty much... And, and the good thing is, since Wonder Woman's getting a movie, and I think you said earlier, Gary, that you hope that uh, Batman's getting a standalone movie as well, and that, that it's Ben Affleck. Yes. I yeah, I think... They probably will get Ben Affleck because if you look at it, Wonder Woman, Superman, and uh, Batman both get betrayed by the same actors in Justice League Part One and Justice League Part Two. So it, I'd be quite surprised if they wouldn't do the standalones with the same people, unless of yes. course there's some stuff in contracts going wrong. But you know, in in no, theory, they're, they're they're already signed on to do the two Justice League movies, all three of them. Yeah, that's that's why I think it would be quite a stupid move to, you know, randomly select someone else for, for instance, a Batman movie in between. Because that kind of would ruin the touch in between the movies and the connections. At least that's my opinion. Well, unless it's a prequel. I see, and for, if you're doing the Batman movie, you would have to do a prequel. Because you want to know what drove him to be the way he is in Batman versus Superman. You do, and I think that's what the Suicide Squad movie is going to show us. Um, because they mention things here and there in the movie, but they never really definitively, definitively tell you what happened. Like, we see in the trailer that Wayne Manor is burned down. Why is it burned down? We don't know. They talk about it, but they never really tell you what happens to it. Um... And I think Suicide Squad is going to tell us that in the flashback moment. We know Batman is going to be in the flashback moments of that movie. Um, and I think it's going to have a huge role to play with what happened with him and the Joker. And once again, I will tell you, go read or even watch the Dark Knight Returns movie. And I think it's going to follow exactly what happened in that movie, what happens between the two. Uh, anything else you guys want to know about the movie? Um, 
don't think so. No. The bases. Yeah, because if we say too much, it would start going to spoiler territory. Yeah, like I could, <laughs> I could say right now, um, Amy Adams, not a good Willa Swain at all. <laughs> I, I, she, she's one of in my opinion cast. the worst. She's the worst part of that movie. See, is it the actress yeah. that's playing the worst Lois Lane, or is it the script that's made her the worst Lois Lane? Though. I like Amy Adams as an actress. I do. Um, but I don't think she's portraying the character as well as she could. Because Yeah, but is that because of the script or is it because of the actual actress? It could be because of the script. Very easily because of the script. Um, but then when you I'm read... i like, because I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, because there's very intimate moments between her and Clark Kent in the movie and Superman. But... They just don't seem like they're into each other at all. There's like no connection between the two actors. Um, the script itself sounds fine when they're talking, but it's like they're not giving that emotional feeling that, you know, they love each other, I guess you can say. But yeah, her scenes were very what the hell scenes. Yeah, that's Batman versus Superman. Uh, go watch it. Form your own opinion and what I'm gonna say. Don't read what the critics say. Uh, don't take it to heart what they say because I'm sure a lot of them went into that not knowing half of the stuff that was going on in that movie, which I can see happening for a lot of casual fans. But yeah, let's let's move on from that. I think we've spent a lot of time. On Batman vs Superman, um, let's talk really quickly about uh, DC's rebirth plan, which went into effect. They announced a lot of stuff today. Um, what have you heard so far, uh, Neil? Uh, yeah, basically, just <coughs> they're going to pull the history of uh, all the characters into new stories, to, just reimaginings, if you will, from what I can see. Um, and also bringing their TV and movie universes into the fold of the comic books. Yes, yes again, you can cynically say they're doing a Marvel and trying to connect their entire universe. It works. So, you know, do what works. That's the idea. The only problem I see with that, I suppose, is it would be a bit more fragmented because their TV and their movies aren't connected. Is it going to be that sort of vague connection sort of thing? But I like some of the ideas they're going with. You know, it's like some of the I've seen the art for the Flash, his new one take thing because they're doing a one take for each series, the established series, to sort of set up a new run, and that'll let them go off away from the new Fifty Two run and into this new era again, which basically be a bit of old, bit of new mixed together, new art styles. Marvel did a lot of with the whole post Infinity War stuff where they just you know repeated stuff with new twists and new characters and it as an idea it's good for shaking things up. I think it'll work quite well. Like I said, some of the art I've seen for the comics they're doing is really good and I quite look forward to it, especially the flash stuff, which is yeah, very, very bold, lovely lovely. I think they're actually concentrating weirdly on uh <laughs> The Flash Rebirth story thing again, which uh, 
is, uh, if you don't know comic book lore, is where Flash supposedly died and comes back. And there's a whole mystery about why he's the only one that came back from death out of the speedsters. And yeah, it's a really good book. But I think they're sort of incorporating that and re-redoing that with a twist. And yeah, it'd be, I'd be intrigued to see what they do and how they go about it. And, I mean, it, it gets Batman back to where he was uh, before New 52. New 52's Batman was good, but it was a different take. I think now it'd be more of a, a classic mix of uh, grittier Batman with some of the, that flashy edge that New 52 brought along. Yeah, it's looking good. I think it's a good move for them to do because as some of the New 52 stuff worked well, some of it didn't. You get that yeah. when you do I, reruns. I 100% agree with you on the New 52 stuff. Some working, some not. Um, there's a lot of stuff I was super angry about like i was actually furious about some of the stuff they did um the number one thing was mr freeze's origin story they completely changed it and they ruined the character and i hated them for it for quite a while actually <laughs> um and there's a lot of stuff uh batman beyond uh terry mcginnis is not batman beyond anymore um which also upset me but thanks to rebirth now there's a lot of stuff happening that's very interesting so We'll just go through a list of stuff really quickly here that, that's going to be coming here in July, I believe it is. Um, the first thing um, we find out, Terry McGinnis is coming back as Batman Beyond. Um, you find out why he's not Batman Beyond if you've read Future's End. Something happens to him in Future's End where uh, somebody else takes over as Batman Beyond. Um, so he's coming back as Batman Beyond, which makes me happy about that. Um... We find out Cyborg Superman. You guys know Cyborg Superman, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, Cyborg, Cyborg Superman is pretty much Superman, but he's like half a robot. Um, we find out, <laughs> we found out in Rebirth, um, Cyborg Superman is actually Supergirl's father. Don't ask me how. Well, Coming out in July. Was, no, yeah, he's not Cyborg, so he doesn't have any parts. Wait, Cyborg thinks he does have human parts. It's Android. They wouldn't have human parts. Yeah, th there's a lot of stuff that happened in, in Supergirl's New 52 comic where she kind of got sick and tired of, of Clark Kent and Superman. She went off with Cyborg Superman. Um, something happened with her where she kind of became half a machine as well. Um, it's a whole big thing that happened. Um, I, I'm not going to get into it. Um, some of the best news... Um, Greg Ruka, one of my favorite writers, is coming back to DC. Um, actually, gonna be writing Wonder Woman, which is fantastic, and it's perfect time because her movie's coming out. So you want to get a great writer to write her stories now. Um, I know you know Greg Ruka, don't you, Neil? Yeah, yeah. I said that's a good writer to get in for that, especially with that. As you said, with the movie coming up, they can tie that in now as they want to. Or build a character the way they want her to be presented in film and then that gives everyone a common bond of what they're doing and saying hey this is it it's it's essentially what marvel have done as well like i said in that they want to get movie fans in line with what's new with the comics it's like you don't have to know all this backstory if you don't want to there's a whole new range that's based roughly around what you've been watching like it's introducing 
characters that weren't popular before into you know, like Carly Quinn will now get you know, a prominent role too in her own series. You know, a big, a bigger one than she had when the New Fifty Two and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, I think what what, what, what helps DC in this situation is they have fifty two Earths that they can pick whichever one they want and make. This Earth is now the the Marvel, the DC Cinematic Universe world. You know, this other Earth is the TV yeah. world. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of like the one up that as that Marvel doesn't is that eventually they can just bring them all together. All they need is either the Flash or a huge event like oh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which will be too out of control in my opinion. But we know that the Flash is crossing over with Supergirl, and we now know in on the TV shows, and we know that Supergirl is in a different Earth. She's on a different universe. So he goes to her universe and meets up with her. Which, which makes which sense, makes considering... Sense the events of the last Flash series recently, you know, what's happened happening, it's the jumping between things is going to be a thing, so that's, yeah quite viable, and you kind of hope that's the leverage they might have for later things, if they did want to push the TV stuff into the movie stuff and indeed the comics Yeah, we find out Scott Snyder is leaving the Batman story um, and he's now moving on. It was first said that he's going to go into Detective Comics. He's now actually penning All-Star Batman, which I'm really excited for because All-Star Superman is one of the best Superman stories ever written, in my opinion. Um, and All-Star Batman hopefully will be just as good. Moving on to that, um, that should be fun. There's one other thing. Uh, Green Arrow, Oliver Queen is finally going to meet... Um, Black Canary. <laughs> I know this sounds weird because they've been head. together for so long. <laughs> but in the New 52, they don't know each other and they're finally going to meet each other. So thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was one more big thing. Um, oh, uh, Suicide Squad, like, again, because of the movies becoming more prominent for DC now. They're actually Jim Lee's taken over as an artist for that, which is huge because he's a fantastic artist. And I guess that series is gonna be a two two issues a month series, so that's gonna be some hardcore work for them. Uh, two issues a month. Comic book terms out. Um Yeah, they're they're yeah. talking about making them cheaper as well by for that reason, which Quite nice because, yeah, that's yeah. certainly not Marvel didn't quite catch that one. Yeah, I think they said, stuff. they said, uh, the, the, the big rebirth comic that written by uh, what's his name? I don't remember his name. Uh, the head of the the the, the guys who's do, the, the head of the DC Comics writing staff right now. What's his name? Wow, I don't remember. He's just blank right now. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I know his name. I just can't picture it for some reason or remember it. But yeah, yeah like the, the rebirth comic <laughs> that he's doing that's coming out in the tw next month, I think. Um, it's like eighty nine pages long, and it's only going to be two bucks. So that's a pretty good deal. 
But I think the biggest news came out. Um, so this might go into a little spoilery stuff. Um, I'm sorry about that, but I think it's very important that we talk about it. Um, during uh, Darkseid's war that's currently still happening, um, Batman enters, or oh, he, he discovers Mobius's chairs. Who don't, for those who don't know, Mobius's chair is like an all-knowledge chair. If you sit on it, you ask whatever question you want, and it gives you the truthful answer. Um, so he sat on it, and he asked two questions. The first question was, who really killed my parents? Which it told him. Um, the second question was, what is the Joker's real name? It told him, and he got this really surprised look, and in the comic he said, no, it can't be. And that's the last we heard of that. Um, but Chris, so this he, is Bruce Wayne from the future. <laughs> we don't know. Um, it was it's super Martha. surprising, and we don't know what it was, but apparently Justice League issue number 50 will reveal the Joker's true name. Martha. <laughs> it could be anybody. Um, and I personally, I think this is a bad idea, simply because one of the big mistakes of the Joker is not knowing who he is because that allows him to be this super unpredictable guy uh, that Batman constantly has to face. I think knowing him will allow Batman to kind of predict his movement. Um, what do you guys think? Ben, what do you think of the Joker's true identity finally being? I think, I, think, um, I don't really want to know that. Joker is Joker, Joker, Joker because we don't know who he is or if even what he's telling us is true. I mean, I would love it if Joker had said his real name because there's no way we'll know if he's actually telling the truth about his real name or not. Hell, he might not even know it's his real name. He's probably he's so lost that he probably thinks his name's Steve and his actual name something else, but he's going around calling himself Steve. But the idea of the, this magic chair to hold Batman Joker's name. He could ask any question as well. Batman, is that how obsessed you are with the Joker that you could ask something that knows everything in the universe and you ask what the Joker's name is? Yeah, because he's, he's, that's Batman saying he wants information on everything. It's to, something that evades him like that is, is like the, the golden nugget to him. Yeah, but he could ask so for anything. He could, but this is what drives him, is the need to know. It's like but he's a detective, he, he wants to know everything. That's it, and I guarantee you it will get retconned. Whatever yeah. it is, they'll, they'll suddenly decide it was a really bad idea. They'll go back and go, yeah, it was. It didn't really happen. It was false, It was false. there was no truth in it. And Because it's the sort of, it's the, oh, we killed Superman thing again. It's just like, yeah, we didn't know. It's like it was we actually made him into two wanky looking beings and got him to come back and look really eighties mullety and fight again. Uh, it, no, nothing sticks in comic books. That, that's the one thing to always remember. It's like they can make all the shocking revelations. They're like a new run will kill it if they wanted to. Hell, if need be, they can. They can go, oh no, I mean the Joker from Universe Forty Two and a Half, not this one. Well, if you want to know, the Earth 2, I believe it's the Earth 2, Earth 2 or Earth 3 Joker is actually, um, it, yeah, it is Earth 2. 
So Earth 2's Joker is actually Bruce Wayne's mother, um, wow. Martha Wayne. Wow. Uh, in Earth 2, the history of Batman, Bruce Wayne is the one who's killed, and his father becomes Batman, and the grief that his mother suffers drives her mad, and she becomes the Joker. I think it's actually a pretty cool That's origin pretty story. Badass. <laughs> yeah, so he's constantly trying to find her. He, he wants to find her. And the Earth 2... Uh, Batman, who is um, Thomas Wayne, he doesn't care. He will kill everybody to get whatever he wants. Like he's in just a universe of Martha as the Joker. Does that mean Harley Quinn is a male character? Well, Harley Quinn is still female. In yeah, she rides around sort of in sexy male version too. of Harley Quinn. Harry <laughs> Quinn, we could say. Harry Quinn. So it could very well be that this Joker is from another Earth, and he just came here. Everything up, I don't know. Um, was that what you wanted to say, Neil, or did you have more to add to that? Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. And what about you, Kevin? I know you have, you've barely gone into Batman, so you probably don't know the dynamic between the Joker and Batman. I know but Batman and the Joker aren't exactly friends, so... <laughs> so you don't have to Talk explain that to me <laughs> I've seen the movies I've played the games but you know of everything I heard you say just now most of it just flew over my head because I couldn't even follow but that's because I just tip, like I just touched the tip of the iceberg of the whole comic book series thing I only, I only read the Star Wars comic books then Darth Vader's comic book, comic book, and and then the and last one would be, yeah, Batman, the yeah, new Fifty Two one. So I'm still trying to figure out which ones should I get, why, <laughs> will I enjoy why? them, stuff like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, just really quickly with some more DC stuff, I'll I'll breeze through this. Um. Amber Heard has been cast as Mira, Aquaman's wife. That's been confirmed. She confirmed it herself. Cool. Yeah, James Wan will be directing that movie. If you don't know James Wan, go look him up. He's done a lot of horror movies. Uh, outside of that, Fast and Furious 7 was the other one he's done. Um, we'll see how he does with Aquaman. Uh, I liked his horror movies. I wasn't a fan of Fast and Furious 7, though. So we'll see how he does... Aquaman. Um, another thing, uh, Tyrese Gibson uh, has high hopes that he's going to be cast as Green Lantern in the Green Lantern movie. Uh, he's met with Warner Brothers and he will probably be cast. Uh, very positive talks there. Um, I don't really know how people feel about that. Tyrese. <laughs> I'm assuming there's going to be Jon Stewart in the Green Lantern movie, so we'll see. Um, the other Green Lantern news is it's now been confirmed that Green Lantern will not appear in the first Justice League movie, and he most likely won't appear in the second one either. This has they're waiting of... a few years to get the stink off. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I know uh, this has pissed off a lot of people because Green Lantern is one of the founding members of the Justice League. Um, but if you have been reading the new 52 Justice League comic, 
you would know that after he you helped found the Justice League in the first two volumes, he left to go be a Green Lantern in the universe, and he pretty much hasn't been back since. Um, the Green Lantern comic books pretty much have nothing to do with anything that's going on on Earth. I can see why, in a way, they don't want Green Lantern in those movies, because it kind of follows the New 52. But also, I think he's a very important character. But then if you introduce him, you kind of have to introduce the entire cosmos as well. That the Green Lanterns protect. So I'm fine with them not having him in the movie. So let's now move on to Marvel, shall we? Indeed. Yes. So Civil War is coming next month. No, no, two months. Sorry, May. Right? It's May. It is May. Yes, it's two months. We've had two trailers. Um, both have been really good trailers, in my opinion. Um, we had one huge reveal, which we all assumed was going to happen. Um, we'll get to that reveal in a little bit. Uh, I just I want to get your guys' opinion on the Civil War movie that's coming out, in particularly the story, simply because I personally felt like the two trailers um, told me the, the Civil War was about two different things. The first trailer told me that Bucky Barnes was the reason they're fighting over each other. And the second trailer told me that it was because superheroes are kind of destroying everything. Um, and Bucky Barnes wasn't even mentioned in the second trailer very much. What do you guys think of the trailer? I thought there were two great trailers. I'm super excited for the movie, but what do you think? Let's start with Kevin. Have you watched the trailer, Kevin? I've only seen one of the trailers, but, you know, you can't miss every article and every tweet about Spider-Man being in the second trailer, so... But I haven't seen that trailer, actually. The the one that I saw is where Captain America and... What's his name? Bucky? Bucky they're, Barnes. They're, the yeah, Winter Soldier. That, I guess, um, he's protecting him, and that Iron Man has an issue with that, and, you know, that's the trailer that I saw. And I don't know. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a, a complete fan of superhero movies. I, I I'm not really following the whole hype. I didn't enjoy the Captain America movie before that much. So I don't know. I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. But I don't know. I I don't know if it'll be a really good one. I kind of feel like. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like I'll enjoy it as much as I can enjoy another movie. Okay, um, Neil has to shoot off for quite a while, so Neil, you want to tell us your bit, including what you think of the Spider-Man reveal in it as well? Yeah, yeah. And what do you think of, of, the, of Spider-Man being in the movie? Fantastic. Fantastic. Obviously, no, big Spider-Man fan. Excellent. To see him in that costume to obviously cause a bit of debate. I don't think he'll be in that costume the whole film. We'll see a bit of Iron Spider. Um, it's going to be very loosely based on the Civil War comics by the look of it because, yeah, there's obviously licensing problems, certain characters they can't use, and you know, that's important. They need the Fantastic Four to order that. It's basically channeling everything through Robert Downey Jr. again. Like they did with the whole Ultron thing, where taking it away from Hank Pym, making that oh, 
Iron Man's thing. And this again, it's like Reed Richards obviously builds the prison that holds the people who defy the order to register mutant superheroes. And yeah, so that's obviously appeared in the trailer. Uh, it's not going to be quite the scale it was. It just looks like, much like Batman vs. Superman, it's going to be a big tiff that will get sorted out when a bigger problem comes along. And you know it, because that's the end thing. Which is a shame, because it could go really well. I'm interested to see how Bat Panther fits in, how they do that, how much Spidey is actually in this film. There's a lot seems to center around that airport, bit, which just looks like the worst place to have a superhero battle. I know, obviously, <laughs> that they don't cause damage, and that's the idea that they're away from people a bit. But yeah, going back to trying to think what you were saying earlier about. Uh, no, mind, I'll come back to that in a sec. Um, yes, generally not as hyped as I would be for it, in the same sense that. I wasn't as hyped for Batman vs Superman because both movies are supposed to be about a character initially, and they've sort of morphed into this multi-character film. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Man of Steel two is what Batman vs Superman is, and this is supposed to be a Captain America movie, and that's why I wanted to see a Captain America movie. So obviously, it's going to very much favour in his point of view, probably preferable because in some ways but at the same time i'd be more interested to see the whole tony stark getting on his high horse and really sort of hitting home because if it leads to where i think it leads and later on turns in terms of comic book stuff and what tony stark becomes like with his hubris a great thing to see later later on but i don't think i'll go that far with this i, I think it will just be the Thanos thing will start to become a more central problem, and people are like, yeah, okay, we've got this to deal with now. So, uh, obviously, they're missing two of their big hitters here because they're a star in their own movie, which is Thor and Hulk, they're obviously pairing together in Thor Ragnarok. They're, yeah, so, they're not around for this. It feels a little limited in some way, and I'm hoping that they can pull it off, but uh, it's starting to feel more like a vent. Just free than Captain America free, you know. And it's not. I'm not as down on it as I was with Batman vs Superman in the sense of it feels rushed because it's not. You know, they've built to this in a lot of ways. But wonder, I just wonder what they'll do. Do you feel that putting Spider-Man into the movie feels rushed? Like, do you think they're rushing that character in? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, because they've made these plans well ahead of time, and obviously then they've finally broken a deal, but nothing they could do about that. They were in a bad situation once, they had to get rid of a lot of their characters to make money. And that's <laughs> yeah, so, the situation they're left in. Yeah, so, so Spider-Man was played a very pivotal role in the comic book of Civil War, um, and I, mm. having him, I thought, was a must if you were going to do a Civil War movie, but with like you said, the all the characters that they're not able to use, obviously because it would have been too big of a movie to have so many characters into it. Um, yeah, I personally feel that they should not have put Spider-Man into this movie. Um, I think they should have waited, uh, maybe have him at the end credit scene or something like that. Um, 
but he should not have played. I like. I don't know how big of a role he'll play in the movie, but it's obvious he's going to fight. You know, on Iron Man's side, which just I just I feel like now you know he's on Iron Man's side. He's wearing the Spider-Man suit, which I'm assuming is built by Tony Stark for him. Yeah, because we see the, the, the yeah. irises going the, by the eyes. Irises move and everything. Yeah, the eyes things. Yeah. Um, all it's going to do now is it, the the standalone Spider-Man movie. Is it going to be an origin story introducing him? So it's going to be a prequel to Civil War, That's or is it going to take place afterwards? Which is just... I thought they said that they didn't want to do actual prequel again they said they want to skip that with the marvel do fans. marvel want to because they haven't had the chance to do that themselves they want to reboot because as it stands you'd just be throwing the character in and going there you go but and this is the guy that was in that film a few years ago where and you know it's younger and looks different they need to explain away for some reason because it'll make them money they don't need to really and i mean everyone knows spider-man's origin story by now in the same vein that you do wonder why people keep doing it with bruce wayne it's like why does everything batman have to have the origin it doesn't need yeah. it it's a yeah. it's i mean and i know from the fact that that's even referenced, referenced in yeah. batman versus superman again it's like we know batman's parents were killed and that's the reason he's batman we that's a well-established fact you do the same with spider-man you know his uncle died. His parents were unknown. Blah blah blah. We got we got all that. And so, just show us him, you know, making sarcastic comments and flipping around like crazy. That's what we want to see. Yeah. Or, the the thing that there's other characters, other characters that could use that they won't now because they're very much firmly rooted in the TV universe. That feature. I mean, Punisher is obviously going to be one of the things that he's part of the Civil War storyline, and he'd be big and he'd be great to have. I mean, one of the big iconic scenes of Civil War is after Spidey just, you know, realizes that what Iron Man's doing is wrong, and he gets attacked, and he's near dead, and like that, and you get this thing of Punisher standing in the doorway, holding you know the beaten and bloody body of Spider Man, and it's like that, and it's things like that. It's not a spoiler, I say that because that is it's not going to be anything like this. It's but yeah, characters like that, and obviously the other defenders aren't going to be well established enough for that for them to be included in the Civil War. And there's so many tiny characters that it would be a shame if they just got rushed onto screen for the sake of being, you know, very much like X Men: The Last Stand, where they just shoved characters that fans would know, but they put them in for five seconds. It's like, oh, that might be that character I know. That might be that character I know. It's. I don't want that. And it's like fair enough. If you're going to tell this story, fine. Put it two teams. These are your people. We know about them. That's fine. Don't go involving hundreds of people if you're only going to do one movie out of it. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. The other, the other thing I would say is I think going with Peter Parker was the wrong choice. I think they should have gone with um, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally agree yeah. on that one. I think they should have gone with Miles Morales simply because now you have Peter Parker in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You're going to have Peter Parker in the Sony movies that are they're still doing. It's going to be really confusing to a lot of people. I think Miles Morales I would have been the better choice. That. 
Also I wonder, because... just going into... Sorry, go ahead. Oh. So I wonder, uh, going into the Infinity War Part 1 and 2, the fact that it's such big, if it will have a significant impact, much like the recent comic book one, where universes are going to collide and Sony might end up doing the Miles Morales stuff, while you know, Marvel's is Peter Parker and then the worlds collide, and obviously in that... No, Miles Morales takes that role over effectively. So could be interesting. And that, I mean, could be that they broker a deal by that point that they might get back other characters, you know, mm. like the X-Men coming out, the Fantastic Four, and they could change a lot of stuff. Like that Infinity War thing feels like it'll be very important into the way Marvel well, go from there. They say they're going to have 67 characters, so they're going to have to pull yeah. them out of somewhere. They should just boost <laughs> it to 69 so they could have that number. They will bring everything in. TV stuff, all the TV shows will have their characters in, which by which point will have all the defenders, like Punisher, no doubt, and John Byrne, Burnfold does that. Like, you'll have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s characters because, yeah, they're important too. And, yeah, they're going to throw a whole bunch of characters between now and Infinity War. The oh. ones we're having and everything, so... Well, we'll see. Um, I like I said, I do think it should have been Miles Morales, especially since they're pushing him as the Spider-Man right now in the comics. Like yeah. Miles Morales. That's why is I think they in, will do it. Is the Spider-Man in the Spider-Man comic? Like Peter Parker is in a completely different comic book. So, yeah, in my opinion, yeah, it should have been Miles I Morales. I think a lot of that. Yeah. You know, you were going on about before about uh, certain characters in DC not being in the Justice League films, like Green Lantern, you know, being yeah. part of that. It's like you know, people don't know. A lot of people don't know many of the Avengers that aren't you know, didn't start out in the earlier films. Obviously, Hank Pym was supposed to be in the Avengers, but obviously because they've changed everything, he's now the mentor to the next Ant Man, and they had to. Sort of bodged the way, way around the Age of Ultron storyline. Namor, you know, Prince Namor can't be in any of it because of that an age-old universal dispute. Uh, they'll never get him back, and so they've pretty much written him out at this point. He's not no longer important. And as you, we said before, they've done that to any character they can't really use. They end up sort of writing out for a bit until they can use him again. Which they will. Like I said earlier, it's like nothing stays in comics, and uh, yeah. they'll just make everything cohesive for now. And that's where you're very right about the Miles Morales thing. It does seem like that that will come into the movies at some point, because if they've, that's what they've set it up as. Then saying that they don't have a Squirrel Girl, so <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> a, yeah, let's have a Squirrel Girl movie right now. Marvel so. Universe is not ready for overpowered Squirrel Girl. Girl Girl X Deadpool, I tell you, that would be the movie of the year. <laughs> Those two are pretty much on the same vein. the end of Infinite War. Fados <laughs> gets killed by Squirrel well, there's Girl. This whole, yeah. Well, there's this whole thing about them wanting that Spidey Deadpool team up movie, which should be interesting. And of course, Venom still going ahead, which is baffling. But, um, yeah. I, I know you got to take off really quick. Neil, so yeah. one one more question before you go, and hopefully come back by the time we're done. Um, <clears throat> do you think, first off, do you believe that our Captain America's team is completely underpowered against Iron Man's team? What you've seen? If 
they hadn't they had built, built the way they did in Age of Ultron, like you know, you have Cap's whole you know, big battle with Ultron. You know, he holds his own against this fucking cyborg, you know, yeah, overlord. Yeah. Like, and he instills that spirit in his team. You know, and got Scarlet Witch, then her powers in the Marvel Universe are well documented. Yeah. What she can do. That's. I, would, I still wonder if they will ever use that to that extent because some of the stuff they did in there, that could, she could effectively rewrite the Marvel universe. She could be a reboot for the Marvel universe at any point. Her powers, and that's a really cool thing to keep in mind. And I hope they keep that in mind. But yeah. so yeah, they got a good team. And it's like, and these people still like each other to a degree. It's like they're not just as much as they may disagree on this. It's not like these are their enemies. What might be a fair battle in some some senses isn't in others. Yeah. But right, it's, uh, it's, when you're fighting for a cause, it's different. I think that's where you could say it's. But then, like I said, does anyone actually win in the end? Is it just going to be another situation of fight, fight, fight? Oh, hang on, hang bigger on, thing bigger. came along. Let's worry about that. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what's going to happen. But uh, I yeah. thought it would have oh, been a fair that, fight. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just going Sorry, back go to what you were saying at the beginning, not being sure what the catalyst is. It's clear they've replaced the whole, you know, mutant blowing up you know, in a civilian thing with two things will happen. The thing that starts the initial injunction, I think, will be the damage caused by the Winter Soldier in Captain America's Winter Soldier, <coughs> and the fact that Cap's not brought. <coughs> Sorry, I got a bit of coffee. Uh, yeah, and it'll be about him not bringing him in and believing that he's still good like that. But I think the other thing, which Crossbones obviously gets mentioned a lot, he was uh, a guy that got near level by building a soldier. Yeah. And I think he will set off a terrorist-based event similar to what happens in the Civil War comics that will spark the debate. Uh, like, well, you could this guy could have been dead and dealt with or, or put in prison it's like he escaped and it's on you because obviously Falcon didn't kill him or get or incapacitate him not that he could have but yeah it's <laughs> well it's going to be interesting to see what happens you think he'd be dead so but yeah but yeah he's not he's coming back and he's going to be annoyed at those people <laughs> so. yeah um my second question for you um do you think that Captain America dies at the end of this movie. Because, and I say this because Chris Evans' contract expires with Marvel this year, and this is the final movie that he's scheduled to do. And he hasn't renewed yet. Think he dies at the end of this movie? He does either die, or he does what he did in the... doesn't die, and just goes under, deep under, in a case that they could say he could come back at a later date. I mean, Falcon's been brought in, I think, to sort of fast-track that whole him becoming the new Captain America thing. Yeah. And then I think that'll. So I think that's what they'll do with him. And I think Tony Stark will probably die during Infinity War because or go into the background and just go away. Probably do the whole San Francisco thing like he does in the comics and just go and become something away from the action of the Avengers. But they will rotate this team like they have in the comics year on year and. They've already hinted at that, obviously, with Age of Ultron and now with Civil War, just splitting that team even further. 
And you've got to think of that. There could be a lot of implications in what happens in the next Thor movie. Because, you know, with Hulk and Thor, it could incorporate a lot of Planet Hulk storyline. Yeah, I've heard that, that it might Thor be going. Uh, pretty much Planet Hulk, but with Thor. <clears throat> in which case, uh, when Hulk comes back from that, he is not a happy bunny with the Avengers. Let's uh, put it that way. And well, he's not a happy he camera well with there. anybody after that event. <laughs> but it could be interesting. But yeah, a lot of these people, obviously, it's a long time to be stuck with a franchise. And yeah, like I said, that whole Scarlet Witch thing of rebooting the universe could work. Infinity War could work for that as well. You could have crossing dimensions and then change actors that way. Because like, like I said, you could bring Miles Morales in that way. You could change whoever's playing Captain America. You could... No, because there's a Captain America in the Ultimate Universe, there's a Captain America in the normal universe. They're pretty much the same guy. They're just built slightly differently. But it's to show you, you can do it whatever way you want. But which just reminded me, going back earlier, we were saying about people complaining about character types in uh, Batman versus Superman. Like, and if you read certain comic books, you'd understand certain styles. That's one of the big things that happened with Spider-Man Three. Summary of Spider-Man Three is that. People complain, why is a weedy guy playing Venom? Uh, you know, Eddie Brock. And it's like, well, because in the Ultimate Comics, he's a teenager, just like Peter Parker. It's like, that's where that's wrong. So they sort of appropriated two storylines, made it into one. But it's a common thing that seems to happen with the movies. They put several different versions of a character together to make their sort of ultimate character, if you want. Yeah, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> That's it for you. All right, go go do what you got to do, man. All right, uh, Ben, have fun. what do you think of Spider-Man? I think it's amazing. I kind of want to go see the movie because of it. Because Spider-Man's in it? Yeah, because Spider-Man's in it. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I'm not a huge fan of Captain America. Uh, though I was really excited for this because it's pretty much Avengers 2.5, the Amer- Captain America story. Um but yeah, Spider Man is one of the reasons we want to go see it. You think Spider Man is going to be like what Wonder Woman is to Batman vs Superman? The the draw that drives people to go see it. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to have many scenes at all. I really think we'll see what we saw in the trailer. There may be another five minutes of Spider Man's. It's about fifteen minutes, ten fifteen minutes tops. Hey, yeah, he think... was brought in very late into the movie. I wouldn't be surprised if the script hadn't already been written with him in it. Chances are there's probably been multiple scripts that they were planning to do, and then they just went, oh, we got him, so we can go with that one. I don't think it'll be just randomly sudden. Yeah, but then you got to think about the, the actor has to get in shape for the part, which takes a lot of time. Well, he has to obviously learn the lines, moves, everything. That's why I say I don't, I don't think it'll be a huge deal. Maybe 10, 15 minutes. We'll see yes, how we got his suit. We'll see that scene, and then we might see a fight scene, maybe, I think. And we you, might see I, a scene of him in Avengers 1 as well, because they joked about the fact that he was there during the movie. Did they? Yeah, they said, was, the, they said that Spider-Man was helping civilians. Really? Yeah. Not in his suit, but yeah, the actual camera, you know, 
mechanical character is there in the movie. Oh. Well, not for us, but in the cinematic universe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd have to go watch it again to see if I can catch it. No, I don't think he was actually there. But he said the, they said the fact that he was there plot-wise. So oh, I can see there being okay. a flashback to him saving people in this one. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. They'll just edit him in. Edit him in. <laughs> <laughs> CGI Spider-Man in a random scene. Yeah, you know, it's funny because when he appeared in the trailer in the costume, he looked very CG to me too. He didn't look very organic at all. In that trailer. No, it did look very like he'd just been put in. Yeah, they're just like, oh, quickly put him into the trailer. The trailer is done. We just got to add him in there. Yeah, he, he looked very CG-ish to me. No, I did like his eyes. Yeah, the eyes moving was cool because he, it does happen in the comics all the time. And nice to see it happening. Because it, it, it allows them to show his expressions in a way. Now, will oh, they have natural web slinging, or will it be created by Tony Stark? That's the weird question, isn't it? Web is made by Starko. <laughs> I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be the Tony Stark. I think he's going to use the cartridges. I think so as well. I think it'd be done by Tony as well, and that'll be why he's not there for long because he doesn't have much of it. <laughs> Oh no, yeah. I'm, out of, I'm out of supplies. I'll have to go back to Stark Towers. Well, Avenger Towers. Avengers. Tony Stark's Tower is what it is. Stark yeah. Tower. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he yeah. joked about how the fact it's now the Avengers Tower, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I can see <laughs> that's why I can see with Spider Man. I also don't think we'll see much of uh, Blank Panther as well. No. He's teased for it as well, isn't he? Uh, he's in it, but I think he was written into it in general. I think they knew he was going to be in it from the beginning. Yeah, but I still don't think we'll see a huge amount of him in it. I think we'll probably get a little bit more than we see of Spider-Man. In, but in key points. Yeah, yeah. I, I, You know, it's just weird to me because like, I watch those trailers and I'm like, they're blaming Bucky Barnes for the things he did. But yet, nobody's blaming Tony Stark for technically creating an alien AI that destroyed half a country. You know, I still think that um, who I can't remember who is up Vision on again. He's on Captain America's side, not Captain America. He's on Iron Man's side. Iron Man wins. I mean, he has an Infinity Gem in his head. This is where I thought they would have a chance because uh, Scarlet Witch can take on Vision, yeah, pretty well. But with the inclusion of Spider-Man, I think he becomes completely underpowered now. Iron Man's side becomes way overpowered with Spider-Man on the side. Yeah, well, Vision with his amazing... And Spider-Man's pretty overpowered, really. If you look on the comics, he's ridiculously overpowered. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Vision, sort of... Anyone who gets Vision, I thought, was going to win. Anyway, because it's an Infinity Stone. You know? Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see. I'm, I'm sure there's like Neil said, there's a lot of stuff we don't know what's going on, and something is going to bring them all together anyway. Thanos will appear for some reason, and then disappear. No, they again. said Thanos is not in the movie. He'll appear all. in his Thanos copter and then get captured by the police. Thanos copter. <laughs> Have you seen that comic strip where he jumps into a helicopter and then drops the Infinity Cube by accident? Oh my god! Why would he get into a helicopter? I don't know. It's hilarious. 
and there's another panel where he gets arrested by police and he's taken away in handcuffs. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and he just, the famous cop then flies away. Like, okay. <laughs> Let's move on quickly here. Um, you've been watching the Daredevils. Yes, it's been amazing. Been enjoying the Daredevils. I've watched all of it. Yes, you have. Uh, Kevin, have you watched any of the DC or Marvel TV shows? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I don't really feel the need to watch every TV series. I have seen a few episodes of... What's her name? Jessica Jones? Yeah. I have yeah. seen a few episodes of that. That was interesting. I'd recommend but... the new Daredevil. It's really good. But what is Daredevil about? Because I actually don't know Daredevil. Uh, Go ahead, man. Okay. Well, basically, well, I can't really describe it. It's a lawyer in the series. He's gone blind due to an... I can't remember what the accent was now. In the, it was... I know it's... Oh, I can't describe it. I just love the show so much. It's weird. It is, he just goes blind because of an accident. that happened. Yeah, I can't remember if it was by um, Kingpin, though, originally in this one. Yeah, if he, he was the one who owned the actual vehicle that caused the acid. His dad gets killed because of blood money and stuff. Um, and yeah, they fight, become lawyers and Daredevil fights crime at night. And in, I can't say too much because, again, spoilers, because it always links to each storyline. Also, they've got a girl that they saved in the first season called Karen, who pretty much starts helping them. And also gets caught and kidnapped every like every couple episodes. Which, even in the canon of the storyline, they take the piss out of that because the police officer comes up saying, Oh, wait there, you were in there again. Why were you in there? Just, just joking about the fact that she's in every dangerous situation that can possibly happen in the city. And he's getting sick of the fact that he, she is always there. Yes. Oh, you were there? Well, of course you were there. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, so in, in general, he's he's a lawyer who went blind, who starts to fight crime, and he fights with, like, two sticks. Yeah, and he recently got his actual sticks in the in the season as well. You know, I think I saw the first or the first two episodes of it. I'm not completely sure. Isn't it that he tries, he tries to fight, but he kind of fails in the beginning and then gets used to it? And then he sort of goes after some bad guy. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I do think I've seen the first or first two episodes because I remember him falling in an alley or something. And and, and yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember. I know that's a, a long shot to to guess the alley and the falling down, but <laughs> I remember but yeah. something in an alley where I saw him fall down. And now I'm checking the photos on IMDb with the actor. I do remember him, well, well, seeing him play for a bit, but I don't think I was really interested in it. Season two is better, in my opinion, because the Punisher is amazing. The Punisher needs his own season. It was so good. Any scene with Punisher in was just amazing. But oh, you have God. to see the first season, of course, to get the second season, isn't it? Well, guess, but the Punisher has nothing to do with the first season, and he's the best part of the season, in my opinion. And it kind of does have its own storyline. The only 
only till it's not until about episode nine, I'd say that it really links together. I might but, give it again, another I shot. I can't say that why because you know spoilers. Yeah, no, I might just give think, it another shot and just try Batman, but blind. And have, a, have a, <laughs> a, a real reason to not kill people because he is Catholic. You know, Gary, that kind of takes away the idea because Batman uses, you know, he's like a bat. And bats don't need to see where they fly. They use, you know, audio, like, clicks to locate. So, so think of it as a real Batman, then. <laughs> yeah. A real realistic one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll but, give another shot, see if I like it. They just don't watch the movie... With Ben Affleck, it was bad. But no. so you, so you like the two seasons then? I like the first part of season two, and most of season one. Most of, so you didn't like the bits, whole season. A lot of bits of season two after episode five, when Electra comes in, that I don't like. Yeah, Neil said Electra wasn't very uh, good in the show. Oh no, she was good. Oh, I thought she was really good. Okay. It's the plot that she was involved in that wasn't good. It tried to push mysticism and magic into the show, but then not give a reason for this magic. <laughs> Basically, someone dies in season one, and then something happens in season two. I'm not saying why, but there's no reason for what happened in season two to happen. Yeah, for, to, to try and tie it, it just... Magic happens because reasons. Yeah. That's because magic. Because they can't necessarily link it to, say, Doctor Strange, who's getting a movie next year, because right now they're not connecting the TV shows with the movies. All I'm going to say is magic zombie ninjas. That sounds awesome. Yeah, but it, it, that's what I mean. It's, it's cool, but... There's no reason for it to be there. No, it's being the fact that everything else is kind of realistic and based yeah. on some sort of realism. And then suddenly magic zombie ninjas. Because reasons. And a hole. That literally is a plot hole because there is no reason. It just shows a scene of a giant hole and then that's never shown up again or explained. It's just that's a hole. That is unfortunate. That's the, that's what's a lot of the that's the only issue. Some of the stuff in season one didn't feel like it was tied up in season two, and the stuff in season two, some it didn't feel tied up. It's just like some loose ends that needs to be covered. Except for the fact that we need more Punisher, they should have just got rid of everyone else. He was amazing. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I still have to watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I don't know what's stopping me. No, at the end, I must have found the end funny where the Punisher turns up with two or three kills, puts his spoilers. thumb up, and then... And spoilers. <laughs> I'm not going to say why they were fighting or who they were fighting, but yeah. Well, uh, the next Marvel TV show, uh, Iron Fist, is coming. Uh, for those who don't know Iron Fist, he's pretty much a martial artist. Spoilers to say. From what uh, I know... Uh, Neo knows more, of course. You were going to say something? It's a bit of a spoiler, but if you finish Daredevil, once the credits roll, there's a trailer for Iron Fist. Is it for Iron Fist or is it for Luke Cage? I thought it was Iron Fist. 
Was it a white guy? Uh, oh, I don't know, because the trailer didn't load for me for some reason. Oh, okay. Well, they've hired their actor for Iron Fist. It is Finn Jones, who is from Game of Thrones. I gotta mention who yeah, he plays. Yeah, it, uh, it says it was. Luke Cage, sorry. Is it? No, yeah. no. Yeah, Luke Cage, sorry. Yeah, Luke Cage is the next one, and then Iron Fist comes after that, and oh, that was whatever it. second season of probably Jessica Jones after that. Yeah, so they've cast their, their lead, uh, Finn Jones. So if you don't know who he is, look him up. Um, the only thing I recognize him from is Game of Thrones. He is your Iron Fist. Hopefully he'll do a good job. I'm interested to see how they portray the character. Yeah, he's he's kind of have some sort of mysticism about him. I think that's kind of why they introduced a little bit of magic. Well, yeah, oh, yeah Iron why, Fist. Why, but it just seemed too random. It's random. But I, I don't even mind the mysticism. It's just if they'd explained why there was mysticism, you know, just explained why it happened, I would have been happy. Just not just happening and no explanation is just the thing that annoyed me. It's not the fact that it happened, just no explanation. Oh, maybe they'll explain it in uh, season Iron three Fist, uh, or season three. Um. Luke Cage obviously has been cast. He made his appearance in Jessica Jones as the bartender. Uh, for those who don't know Luke Cage, he's pretty much invulnerable. His skin is indestructible, so bolts just bounce off him all the time. Um, pretty cool character. I like him. Uh, not as popular as he used to be, at least not anymore. Um, hopefully the TV show will bring him back to good old days. What else from Marvel is there to say? I'm thinking. Oh! Death of X is coming. Tell me about this. Yeah, I read a little bit about that. Uh, what did you read about it? Just that uh, there's talks that it's going to kill off the X-Men. And that Cyclops was right. And that Psychops was right? What was he right I don't know about? why he's right. It's just every, everyone on Neogaz says he was right. I don't know <laughs> what he's right about, but... They're going to kill off X-Men? Yeah. The well, whole series? Rumors, anyway, we don't know. It hasn't started yet, so... This, this you mean the been... actual series or the team as in, in a movie? In, in um, the is... comic books. Oh... Okay. So it's interesting. Uh, we've actually talked about Marvel um, killing off the X Men for a while now. They've been slowly doing it left and right, um, making the Inhumans a little more the new X Men, which I'm not a fan of. I've mentioned before. Yeah, uh, I don't know what to think about this. I. I X-Men is what makes Marvel for me. Uh, without the X-Men, I don't know if I'll be that interested in Marvel. They're not really going to kill them off completely, surely. I, can, you, can you kill all the X-Men? Can you just end the X-Men? The mutants are just dead no more? Well, all the mutants are a breed. We know that for certain. They've all become sterilized. Because... Terragon Mist. Yeah. 
So anything that wipes out a significant amount of them would technically wipe out the species because they can't breed. But it's the whole point of X Men is it's mutants. There's nothing stopping in like the hundred year time that the genes mutate again and bam, new all different X Men. Three point yeah, But again, this is one of those things where you know Marvel's grudge with twentieth century Fox and all that, I'm pretty sure it comes into play. Um, whether they want to yeah. admit it or not. But it's the idea that the inhumans are now the in thing and the X-Men are the out thing. The Inhumans pretty much are mutants, they're X-Men. So I guess two teams not really important. I, I don't know. It's it's very weird to me. I don't want it to happen. Um but apparently it's going to. I mean, does this mean Apocalypse dies? I mean he's immortal. Does he die? What does this mean for the future, Age of Apocalypse? What happens to Cable? What happens to Bishop? What happens to Old Man Wolverine? I mean, he's Old Man Wolverine. He can't be young Old Man Wolverine. Well, he's back in the timeline. Yeah, but if he dies now, how could he exist in the future to die now? Maybe it's just, you know, the X-Men are gone and they're just going to send the mutants off to different teams, have them do their own different things. Or are they going to do like an X-Men version of Planet Hulk where they all go to their own planet? Well, see, that's the thing. I've always said that they should separate the X-Men from the rest of the Marvel Universe because you just, you never get any other mutants appearing in a lot of the other comic books. Like, they just don't do it very often. Planet. Very close to that. I would say it's very close to that with uh, the House of M storyline. Oh, Neil's going back, back to that whole Scarlet Witch thing. Yeah, sorry, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with uh, House of M, that was where Scarlet Witch altered reality, so that it was a planet ruled by mutants, and obviously that turned the tables. This again, what I was saying, her powers can change a lot of things, and yeah, it make a different reality line even if it's just for a movie so if they want to say hey i've worked out a deal with fox now we can use the x-men characters hey this is a good way to get them back in a storyline and then just switch it over like that so that obviously their problem with that now of course is that they're not mutants scarlet witch and uh quicksilver so no they're no longer but yeah it's there's there's always ways around these things and, and it is just like I said before, it's just it for the now and the near future because otherwise you're just going to have too many confusing things and people are lamenting it more and more. It's good in some ways, I think, that the Inhumans get more screen time, especially if they do it properly and you get Black Bolt. You know, it's uh, not being biased, but he's the second best Bolt around. And <laughs> that is, yeah, uh, I'd like to see him on screen and actually. On the screen because it's awesome, and that's just it. Uh, uh, the more big, smaller characters a year ago, no one knew who Jessica Jones was outside of comic book fans, and now loads of people know all because of a TV series. Daredevil was grossly unpopular outside of you know, very select comic fans um, until the series came along. But that Kingpin got legitimized as a character again for the first time in years. Like, right, uh, Punisher just now has been 
again revitalized by being on television and being portrayed right this is where excellent cast comes in if you get the right casting for a character at a you know even when you've got multiple versions of a character if you get someone who can encompass everything that makes that character who they are it will stick with people that's it that's why when you get those sort of misfires like you're saying amy adams as lois lane is a misfire because it's wrong on more than one level she's not great actress she is a great actress but she is not the right fit for that as an actress for that yeah. character it'll be interesting to see i'm yes. hoping that it's not the death of x-men i'm hoping that either the x-men are just gone like the the, the group is just banded they just go off and do their own things or they finally separate x-men from the rest of the marvel universe and just let them have their own comic Yeah, it's entirely possible. Or maybe it's just Deadpool joining the X-Men. Deadpool is in seven different comics for Marvel now. That's six too many in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so just really quickly, just some few little quick things. Um... Deadpool versus... Um, Deadpool was probably one of my favourite Deadpools, though. I know a lot of people hated it, but... It brought us Deadpool Galactus. That is the best Deadpool. Deadpool versus Wow. Um. Yeah, they brought, they made different multiverse versions of Deadpool. You know, of every different Marvel character, including Galactic Galactus, which was Deadpool. It was hilarious. He <laughs> was hungry for chimichangas at a universal scale. See, it's it's already too much. You see, telling me it's already too much. <laughs> uh, um, speaking only, of Deadpool, it was only, it was only five issues so well speaking of deadpool uh cable will be in the second deadpool movie um i freaking love cable i don't think he should have been in the deadpool movie before an x-men movie but i'm not the one in charge x-men apocalypse comes out when is it june or july a few months i think it looks fantastic really excited for that movie what else do we have have uh, Flash, uh, Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie renewed for a third season or for another season. In Arrows, it'll be the fifth. They're all still going strong. Great scores, great reviews, great uh, numbers they're pulling in, especially Flash. Number one show on TV now, apparently. I still really need to watch it's that someday. such an easy, accessible... It's a very easy, accessible show to get into uh, as a comic book series because it's so. It, yeah, it's melodrama and it's very lightly and it's entertainment. It's pure entertainment. There's no stupidity in trying to be grim dark with a flash. It is just it's there. It's got that zesty, peppy air of of a Joss Whedon thing. You know, it's a, yeah. There's yeah. a snark to it, but in a nice way. The earlier episodes did have that problem of being a bit too. Let's all stand in the same room and shout and talk exposition at each other like that in totally unnatural ways. And but they seem to have receded a bit with that in the second season, which is good. And yeah, the, just the second stuff season. like having Mark. Yeah, sorry, having Mark Hamill back uh, from his old TV version of the Flash uh, being in that oh, and playing the same minutes. character, the trickster. Trickster, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that was fantastic having him back. I mean, 
let's be honest, he was doing his Joker voice, but it was still great to see <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, like Stuff like that, just the whole current storyline going on with Earth 2, brilliant. Yeah, reinvigorated my love, love of the Flash. Yeah. And it, it's yeah, something but... you can watch in a general way with, like, my son can watch it. You know, he can't watch stuff like the Marvel TV series because, uh, well, <laughs> in five minutes of a Marvel TV series, there's more violence than the entirety of Deadpool. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty brutal, to say the least. But yeah, it's... Probably my favourite is the DC stuff at the minute. Legends of Tomorrow, I'm not even going to get into because that is to me is uh, terrible on several levels. But <laughs> they pretty they pretty much cotton picked the worst people in all the stuff that they've done and thrown them into the same program. And it's like, uh, and I don't know what's going on with Arthur Darvel's accent. Uh, Arthur Darvel, if you don't know, played Rory in Doctor Who, and he's, <laughs> he's the guy that rounds them all together, and he's just the worst. Terrible, 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 terrible. It's probably the worst superhero thing I've seen on TV in a long time. And, and <laughs> that's a relatively new thing. I uh, wanted to like awesome. it because, you know, Ralph being in it and it just, he can't catch a break, that guy. He is due being in a good thing and go, taking it somewhere. You know, it's like, I think he's great as Superman in Superman Returns. He was just perfect, perfectly cast. He's the perfect Clark Kent, and had that sort of Superman look down to a T. And I had to cavil. You know, he's he's a much better Superman. And then you know, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. He was in that as, as the third one, Todd Ingram, and he, brilliant, brilliant little role in there. And here, you know, his role in. Uh, in the DC series uh, as Captain Atom, it's the Atom has been really quite cool, great, like that and that should have been his jumping point going into he gets more screen time, gets to be in it more and they surround him with the shit it's like Wentworth Miller is probably the worst thing that was in the Flash as Captain Cold and yeah, having him in any just acting vacuum I don't know he just sucks the life out of anything he's in with his, you know, his inability to do anything with any support form of emotion apart from, I think I smelt something. He is the, the modern day Joey Tribbiani. I you know, smelt the fart actor. He is that man. A terrible, <laughs> terrible actor. There's my rant. There's my rant. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to talk about Legends tomorrow. I talked about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, some more news. Uh, NBC has ordered a pilot for Powerless, which is the comedy DC show uh, about an insurance agency that has to deal with this, the destruction that superheroes cause in the cities. Um, they've gone with the pirate, the, the pilot, so that should be filming soon. They cast uh, Vanessa Hudgens as the, the lead in that show. It's from the creators of The Office, actually, so hopefully it'll be funny, because I thought The Office was hilarious. At least the American one. I wasn't too fan of the, too big of a fan of the original British version. This is where we're supposed to say boo and hiss, but I never liked The Office anyway, so. (laughs) I hate your face. A bit of a term. 
Oh, so let's see. The preacher is coming soon. Um, hopefully yeah, that will be which good. Is positive talk. So yeah, a lot of positive talk but behind it. The trailer definitely didn't do any good things for it. I don't think it was a very good trailer at all. Definitely could have been better. Hopefully, a second trailer would be good. Um, I've been watching Lucifer. If you guys know who Lucifer is in the comics, he's also a Vertigo one. Um, that show, in my opinion, is hilarious. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's the, the actor who plays him. I don't remember his name. Um, he's super funny as Lucifer. It's very like in your face comedy too. Like he just burns stuff out that just comes to his mind. Very entertaining show on that matter. It is like a cop drama show, but I think he adds a, a different take on it, which which um, that should be getting a second season. What I'm hearing. Stay tuned for that. Uh, a spinoff from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is apparently in the works as well. That should be going uh, into production soon. Uh, Agent Carter, unfortunately, most likely won't be renewed for a third season. I know That's you like that show. Yeah. What was it's, that? It's different. It's different. Uh, I like something like that. This is what I like about the Marvel Universe. They do so many different things for their stuff, even in the TV shows. That none of them are, are the same as each other. Uh, it's it, it's nice to have something that's not solely about superpowers. And it's like, but of course, that doesn't go down well. If someone sees the name Marvel, they think like, it has to be powers and it has to be superheroes. Why aren't there superheroes? It doesn't make sense to me. It's like it's about the fucking formation of Shield. Come on, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that's interesting too. Um, well, but, I know, haven't seen the, the second implications. It's it's good. It's not. It's it's serviceable. And uh, no, Haley Atwell's good at what she does in that role. She's a good female lead for that. And Jarvis is great in that. And this it could do with some pepping up in the middle point. It feels a bit like L.A. Noir done as a comedy, if you know what I mean, because it, obviously the period setting and. LA for the second season makes it very much that sort of Raymond Chandler sort of noir vibe to it. Too light-hearted for it to work, I think. So I'm hoping they sort of change it up a bit for the next season if they do it. But yeah, who knows? It'd be nice if they yeah. have another go. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, when I watched the first season, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was fantastic. Um, I love the time period. I love the music from the time period. Um, yeah, but yeah. because like it, it was just so out of touch compared to that time period, in my opinion, of uh, a female agent like her getting to do all the things that she does, that would never have happened in period, in my opinion. After that, oh, this okay. is a time when weedy little men become big, beefed up superheroes. Yeah, men yeah, literally true. have red skulls. <laughs> yeah, it, obviously in the comic book it makes sense, but you know, I'm still thinking it still has to be grounded to some level. You know, yeah, it's, it's know. a shame. It's, 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 it's that's a common thing on TV at the minute, where you have period settings where they sort of reverse the established roles of society. But yeah, because they can't show you. It's how one of the few ones where you could. Yeah. Because ah, there are some shows, obviously, that do still deal in the way it used to be, but I mean, Mad Men is very much one of those shows that you know, 
tells you a time period perfectly of you know the dynamic between men and women and what was right and wrong. But yeah, I'll give this statement card. Uh, yes, it's a bit fantastical with that, but uh, there are other shows out there that don't even have that excuse and do it, and they just they just change things for the sake of changing things. But they oh yeah, this you know well, that wouldn't have happened because you know, race sort of never allowed this to happen or you know sexism would never allowed this to happen it's like and there's no logical reason behind it other than they just couldn't be bothered to do any research so yeah you can give it a pass i think when it's stuff like this it's still a shame another comic book show not you know catching on but not all of them will no but yeah um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Did the we talk ben, about Daredevil? Kevin? Yeah, Ben talks about Daredevil. Yeah, I'll just yeah. chime in and go much better than the first season. And I, I've been re-watching the first season and it's still good. Uh, but season two just are oh, absolute madness. So there is literally a scene in a later episode with the Punisher and a brawl that is just so violent and so adrenaline pumpingly amazing it's like you don't want to be cheering on the fact that it's so bloody and and visceral but it's just wow yeah it's it really gets it across Uh, and there's like a one-shot fight earlier on in the series daredevil fighting a load of goons and he's just going around around a stairwell the camera follows him the entire time he goes down like you don't get any cuts, no edits, nothing. Just Charlie Co- Charlie Cox going down these stairs, fighting these dudes each all the way down. It is just outstanding stuff, just brilliantly done. Oh, it's just yeah, amazing. There's some great stuff in there. Great little twists, some nice nods to stuff in the greater Marvel universe that haven't happened yet. Happen so like that stuff that could tie in you know, more stuff that will tie in the Defenders storyline coming in. Once everyone's had their TV series, I suppose we also <laughs> had the, uh, the first trailer for Luke Cage's series just recently as well, which again Luke looks Cage. like it's going to take a very different tone. Going to be uh, very much this whole uh, modern story of you know the whole Black Lives Matter thing with you know the police and the, their relationship with the black community, and he will very much be at the front of that sort of war. You will. So again, it's going to be very tonally different. Like Jessica Jones was very tonally different to Daredevil. Like that and Iron Fist is the one that's going to be interesting. I think out of the lot, in the sense that where do you, what social message do you get there? Because you know, it's what you get out of it. So I mean, they'll have nicely introduced it, so it's not quite so fantastical within that sort of more grounded part of the Marvel universe, because you know they've already had these I'll tell you what that's the other thing I was going to say season 2 of Daredevil is a better version of Batman Begins hand down and centre it's like all the way through in fact Daredevil is better than any than Gotham in depicting the world of Batman it's just it's just down to everything that, that you would expect of a Batman TV series is there and that's mad you know <laughs> Which is ironic that the thing that Ben Affleck is most remembered for being a terrible version of is doing a better the version of what he's now being a character 
character in. It's a strange little <laughs> turnabout. It's a, yeah, but yeah, everyone's on point this season. There's, yeah, the odd characters last season that were a bit you know, give or take. Yeah, Jessica Jones, good as it was, did go a bit nuts at the end. Just like it went from being quite yeah, sloofy space to this is nice and it just went bonkers crazy near the end and not totally awful but just it just there's moments to it that didn't quite have the same right pacing and i think daredevil's had the better pacing overall but probably not as well written as jessica jones was i would say better for that yeah i'm still got a couple of episodes left of that season this season to watch and looking forward to luke cages and the iron fist as well I really hope John Bernthal gets to do the Punisher again because, my God, that is some excellent, excellent casting. That man is on point. Uh, watched The Walking Dead before, I assume. Yeah, Harry. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, that's what I mean. He brings that to that role and more. And it's just, you know, obviously when he's in The Walking Dead, when he's Shane and he has that whole sort of mental breakdown, aggressive thing going on, it's like, it's. He's great at that. He's, so he was very good in Mob City as well, which is very much underappreciated as a series. And I hope he gets something good out of this. He deserves it for that. He's, you thought after last season when Vincent D'Onofrio was so good as Kingpin, that this would be, it would be hard to top. You know? And obviously Punisher's not, not a villain villain. He's just a very dark anti-hero. <laughs> and it's, he is just spot on. It's like, Absolutely. it's nice to see the Punisher done exactly right on screen. You know, as much as Tom Jane had some good stuff in the last Punisher film, he was in a very bad film. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And so something I'm sure we'll talk about on a different podcast at some point in the near future. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I do want to add one more thing. Um, the Supergirl TV show, I know a lot of people are hating on it. Um, it is actually critically well-received. Um, I'm enjoying it for what it is because I'm not expecting too much out of it. But for those who kind of want to get into it, if you don't like Supergirl, watch it for Martian Manhunter because he is in that show and he is single-handedly the best part of that show whenever he appears. In any episode that he's in, uh, the, he starts to appear more often later on into the season. But every time he's there, the show like becomes like ten times better. Is it Martian Manhunters in Supergirl? Yes, he is. Oh, it, man, it, now I've got to watch it. That's, yeah, that's... it was one of the coolest <laughs> reviews because like it's one of those things where like you watch it and you think of Martian Manhunter, right? And like he's a little too big to be on a TV show. You know, it's like they start giving you hints, but then you're like, no, they're not going to do it. It's, it can't be. No. And then when it actually happens, you're like, holy shit, that's the coolest reveal I've ever seen on a TV show. <laughs> and that, that's Definitely how I felt. When I, that I was like, that is awesome. Kudos for DC for letting them use such a, pivotal character in the DC Comics universe. Though worryingly probably doesn't say much hope for that character in the DC universe. He's, he's, they've been very quiet about him. 
Oh, his new series is actually pretty good. The one that they started doing. They're finally giving him his own comic, so. Yeah, I'm hoping that they do do more with him. He's a great character. I do love Oh, he is a fantastic character. And like I said, that show is, it's a very emotional show. Um, I uh, people hate it, hate that, hate that kind of stuff. I know a lot of people dislike the emotional stuff, but uh, the way uh, she portrays the character is something that I would. It, it's pretty much like a Superman origin story. But it's a lot more emotional than a Superman story. Yeah, they yeah, copy they a lot of the beats from Superman stories of past, don't they? And use it Supergirl stuff instead. Yeah, like well, yeah, it's so like, like the upcoming crash crossover one is a, a Superman story, isn't it? With Flash. Yeah, the world's fastest. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, it gets, I mean, I'll be interested in that sense. So it's... Yeah, I'm not saying it's like the greatest show ever. There's a lot of like cringeworthy moments in that show. Um, and some of the direction that they go with some of the episodes is weird, but when it's on point, it can be really good. When it's like a pivotal episode, they do a fantastic job, but then when it's like the filler episodes, it's very poor in my opinion. Yeah, I think DC's shows have a central mantra to them that want to obviously go out and say, this is what we want the core of each show to be. Then each show tries to sort of do its own thing off that. You could tell that, you know, with Arrow and Flash very much that they're core at their core, pretty much the same package idea, but they've done very different things with them. Whereas, and again, Legends of Tomorrow, same core idea. You know, it's this slightly hammy comic book cartoony world with a bit of realism into it and a bit of drama, just entertainment, but done in a way that doesn't work you know in the way that it did in the flash flash started a little lighter than arrow obviously but now that's this last season so far has been you know, there's been darker moments but again they never sort of pull it into grim dark sort of ways they they make it light and breezy enough that which is like I said, that's what works and i think supergirl again has that it's again the same core idea just done a slightly different way again. It's I said, whereas we were saying earlier, Marvel TV shows will have a very different feel to them, even if they do tie in, you know, stylistically. In the case of the Netflix series, it's uh, yeah, this just show, that's the one thing I like that DC are doing is that they are trying to sort of keep this sort of cohesive idea, this theme amongst their stuff. Not always going to work, but that's. Much, it's a very comic book thing to do, and it's very good yeah. to see. Yeah, and like I said, like with Supergirl, it's it's very hard to get through probably the first three or four episodes because it is very um like women empowering and all that kind of stuff that people were complaining about from the trailer. Um, but it literally completely goes away from it now. Like now, they don't even mention it. Yeah, I think it drew a lot of criticism as well because Jessica Jones came out and did that whole thing in a very different way, and yeah. it got more lauded for that, especially in feminist circles. It was like, yeah, it's good they actually showed that, that series a, a very real feminine problem, like abusive relationships and things like that, and showed it and made it into a whole comic book superhero series like that. And it's like. So yeah, it, unfortunately, Supergirl I think went in against it, looking a bit light in comparison, which is no fault 
that it's just it's a very different piece you know, yeah so and, and you got you got Jessica remember. Jones is very much a yeah sorry yeah, Jessica yeah, Jones is very much a Bendis character and you know he does those sort of characters as well yeah and well, I was going to say you got to remember you're doing the character who's pretty much like superman on a budget so you got to remember not special effects are not going to look like Batman versus Superman special effects <laughs> Well, no, because I said this, that, that applies to both sides again as well, because the amount of uh, CGI blood you see in uh, Daredevil, you know, there, there are times where you see the blood and you're like, eh, it's, that looks a bit shit. So it's better in the second season for that, but in the first season it was some stuff where it's like... Second yeah, season was quite amazing. Serious. Yeah, they they really ramped the budget up a bit for that, I think. <laughs> they certainly yeah, got and, their blood, <laughs> blood in. Yeah, and you see yeah, that you in Supergirl as well. Like the pivotal episodes will have really good CG, but like the middle episodes will be kind of like, ugh, what is that? You know? like like I said, when Martian Manhunter appears, the CG is really good. Like he looks really good in CG. Um, Supergirl looks good. When they really CG. go for it, what was that? When they really go for it, they do. When they really go for it. Uh, with the DC stuff that works. We said this last time we did was about King Shark. Oh, King Shark was fantastic in his own episode too. Did you watch that episode? Yeah, the King Shark one? That's coming up though. Right. No, that a happened. A week or so. I know we're a few weeks behind in the UK. It's oh, like uh, that episode is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> King Shark. Yeah, we're, we're just currently in the Earth 2 realm sort of thing, going into Earth 2. Ooh, Earth 2 is good uh, episodes, man. Yeah, so we're unfortunately a bit far off on that one, but uh, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> I don't know King Sharks appearing again soon. So. Oh, I'm sorry I spoiled that for you. <laughs> oh, no, no, I knew it was coming, so it's fine. <laughs> so, it would have been no, a waste otherwise. <laughs> cool, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome. But yeah, all right, uh, I think we should wrap it up. It's been a while now. Very long. Yeah, we've done all right. <laughs> um, anybody got shout outs? Uh, outs, uh, Ben? Uh, no, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Pretty no, much that for that. Kevin? Kevin? Nope. nope. Kevin's like, I don't know what's happening. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This is episode three. It was three, right? I was correct. It was three, yes. It has been a bit okay. of a gap between. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very well. We really like should give it some time. Yeah. I mean, we do. This is uh, is known as the podcast without fear. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, of course, it, obviously, is, uh, stuff we didn't get into. Um, Doctor Strange, we didn't get into that. Suicide Squad didn't talk about that. Stuff for later podcasts. So stay tuned. Awesome. Hmm. We'll, we'll try and make them more regular in future. <laughs> yes, not a uh, half a year delay. <laughs> well, the issue with comic books is well, <laughs> issues. Um, Very is good. the fact that you know, until there's actually something major for us to talk about, it's you can't really do it all the time. Otherwise, you'll just end up repeating the same things over and over again. This is very true. Very true. Alrighty, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Um, give us feedback, please. We'd like feedback. Questions, if you have questions, ask us. We'll address them in the next episode. 
talk about what you guys want us to talk about. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. -bye. Bye.